I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Well, here we are with another episode of Scam Squad. And Vicki, I know you have one of your co-workers here with us today. Could you introduce him? Absolutely, Patty. I'm very happy to introduce Dayton Aldrich, who I have worked with for many years. Dayton is one of our victim witness advocates in the office. And just to give you an idea of something that he does, although by no means everything that he does, if you are unfortunate enough to be involved in any kind of criminal activity, if you've been the victim of a crime or if you have been witness to a crime, you will be connected with Dayton. And it is Dayton's job to help you navigate the criminal justice system. If you're the victim of a crime, he will explain to you how the system works. If you have to go to court and testify, he will accompany you to court, sit with you during that period of time. And same thing if you have to testify as a witness. He will help you understand the system take some of the anxiety out of the procedure. And part of his job is also to provide resources for people who have been victimized. So he's got a big job in the office. It's a very important job, and we couldn't effectively do our work without our victim witness advocates. So he's going to talk today a little bit about protecting yourself by protecting the passwords on your cell phone. And I'm going to go into this by sharing a public service announcement that I got from the FBI very recently. And this announcement talks about the holiday season online shopping scams. The headline is, Don't Be a Victim. And one of the pieces of advice is to steer clear of suspicious sites or phishing emails or ads that are offering items at unrealistic discounts. It also warns us to not open unsolicited emails, not click on any links that might be attached to those emails. All of these things we have talked about before. And the reason you want to avoid doing that is because you may end up paying for an item that you don't get or giving away personal information on credit card details and, again, receiving nothing in return. So one of the things they want you to do to protect yourself is to secure your banking and your credit accounts with strong passwords. And Dayton, that's where you come in. You can give us some information about how to go about doing that. Yes, and Vicki, thank you for the wonderful introduction. So passwords are the currency of the digital age. People use passwords to log into email accounts, bank accounts, credit card accounts, online forums, social networking sites, and pretty much every other password-protected corner of the internet. In order to remember and keep track of all the logins in people's lives, a lot of us uh, use one, two, or three passwords for all of these sites. And what's more, Many people use passwords that have very, very poor security. Things like nicknames, names, dates of birth, maiden names, and other very obvious predictable information. So these approaches to password security are very risky because once thieves, guests, or otherwise gain access to these logins, uh, they can usually access many different pieces of the victim's information and really wreak havoc on their financial and personal lives. So it's important to understand that password complexity 
uh, really directs over, um, really to password security. And the more sophisticated a password is, um, the safer that you're going to be. Identity thieves use programs that generate passwords using combinations of random information, but they also can feed into these program hacking programs, things like phone numbers and addresses and family names and nicknames and all those other things. If they already have some hints like your dog's name and all the things that you share in your social media, they can actually plug that into their brute force hacking system and it can really simplify their random attempt to get into your account. And these programs are capable of doing 10,000, hundreds of thousands of attempts per hour on a single account. So they can just keep going over and over like a slot machine until they hit. So since passwords grant access to things like bank accounts and credit cards and a variety of other people's lives, the stakes are pretty high. And each, each, it's each person's responsibility really to use a new and unique password and login for every single site and everything that you do online. The bottom line is you really cannot use the same password more than once and the passwords themselves have to be secure. So that's that a little overwhelming, like, Dave. I know. It sounds <laughs> I have so I have some tools. I, I, okay. I have some tools, okay? Okay. So um, this is, and I'll give a disclaimer, this is a this one app that I'm gonna recommend. It is a paid app. You have to pay for it. Um, it's I believe it's around ten dollars or less a year, it's an annual app. It's called LastPass. And what LastPass does is it is a password vault. So you have to set up one unique password for your LastPass account. And then you feed all of your passwords and logins into LastPass. And then you don't have to remember what those passwords are anymore, LastPass were. You just have to remember what your LastPass password is. And the great thing about these, these password vaults, and all these apps can do this, is they can generate new, random, secure passwords for you. And this is really most conveniently done from a desktop or from a laptop. It's a little little complicated to do all from your phone, but if you can get onto a computer, it's really easy to just go through all of the accounts that you have, like Facebook and Bank of America and Cox Cable and Netflix, and go through each one of them and change the password, make it a secure password, one that LastPass can randomly generate for you. And then you don't have to remember it anymore because it will be stored securely in LastPass. And if you ever need to refer to it, like to log into a new device, then you simply open up your LastPass app on your phone and you search for Netflix. And then it can show you your login information and you can type it in right there. So it's always accessible to you but it's always secure and it's much safer than, you know, your dog's name, one, two, three. So Dave, let me ask you this question. So you're saying you should only use a password one time. And I think what you mean by that is I shouldn't use the same password for different accounts. In other words, my password to get into my laptop should be different than the one that gets me into my Netflix account or my bank account or my credit cards. Is that what you're talking about? I don't have to change my password every time I use it for every account. It's just one password should go to one account and 
not to any other accounts I might have. Would that be accurate? Correct. Yes. Okay. And how frequently should somebody change these passwords? Like you should change it once a month, once every six months, once a year? I, I, I'm, I'm less concerned with, with, with the frequency of people changing them, um, mm-hmm. especially if everyone could adopt this new system of using a random password generator. Um, and once everyone were to do that, that's going to be secure. Um, I, I personally don't change the passwords on any regular basis, but all of my passwords to like my bank account and my Wi-Fi password and all those things are at least 16 randomly generated characters, including punctuation marks, numbers, capitalization, non-capitalization, and no words out of a dictionary or no uh, common numbers. Oh, really? You only have to enter these passwords one time, and then your device, as we all know, will remember them for you. I advise, you know, all of my the seniors that I work with, and to take advantage of the fact that these phones and our computers will remember your passwords for you. That's a good thing, as long as your password to get into those devices and the devices themselves, like our phones, are secure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. In 2020, if you buy, if you go out and get a new smartphone, it's going to have a um, face ID reader and it's going to have a thumbprint reader. Those are great tools because that can really simplify things for everyone. It certainly can simplify things for seniors where once that's all set up, all you have to do is whip it out of your pocket, take it out of your purse, look at it. It will read your face. It'll scan your face or it'll read your thumbprint from your thumb, and it'll unlock. That's amazing. And if anyone else gains access to your device, obviously, you know, they don't have your face or your thumb, so they're in a, they're not able to get into your phone. So you don't even need to remember a password anymore. You have to remember a, a, a like a four- or six-digit code for the once in a while when you turn your phone on and off. But for the vast majority of, of operating it, correct, yeah, you, you don't need a password. Sometimes, Dayton, though, we, I set my computer up for my thumbprint, and sometimes it doesn't recognize it. Yeah, uh, if that's happening to you, I mm-hmm. would say go into the settings of whatever device you're using okay. and, re- and redo it. Okay. A lot of the times, there'll be options for you know, creating a new face or creating a new thumbprint, as if you're adding a new user. I see. And, and do that using the, th- the same thumb or the same face, but just take different angles of your face or different angles of your thumb. Oh, so that way, okay. no matter how you, you, you touch it or you look at it, it'll unlock. Oh, good advice. Yeah. Um, I know so some, very, some very young friends of mine, very young, my son's age friends, tried to set me up with a thumb password. And it just wouldn't work. No matter how they tried, they could not get it to work for me. So I understand your frustration, Patty, because I've (laughs) tried to do that. And even with the help of young minds, somehow it just didn't work. So I had to go back to just using somebody's name in the family. Some things that can affect that is, you know, if you're a person that wears lotion um, on your hands, that's going to no. that's going to affect that's going to affect the, the read but certainly you know the new phones i know that and not everyone can afford to do this but the new phones 
they do the face scan. And that really probably is the simplest and most secure way to do it is it just the, the front facing camera takes a photo of your face and that's how it unlocks the phone. That's interesting. Yeah. So the reason that that is so important that our phones, our smartphones are locked is that because once someone were to get a hold of our phone, like a scammer or a crook, mm-hmm. and they got onto it, if the phone didn't have any passcode or there was no security device on the phone, that really is a window into the victim's entire life. And because these devices do store our passwords and our logins for pretty much everything we do, once a crook were to have your cell phone, your smartphone, then they can just go to town going into every single app on there, like the banking apps and anything like that to get access to your personal financial information, uh, your credit card info and all of your personal personal information. And they could do it really, really fast. And they'd have the control over all of those accounts, including your email address to pretty much suppress any attempts that you could make to take back control of those accounts. Oh, boy. Boy, that is important. So, yes. So I wanted to ask one yeah. question because I've been thinking lately, oh, I used to have my phone locked and I don't anymore. And I've been getting into buying cryptocurrencies and I realized how easy it is to transfer the money just with a click. And if somebody got my phone, they could do that. Do you go into settings to set up that password? Yeah, you go into settings, um, you know, whether it's a... Um, smartphone, whether it's an Android or an Apple phone, you know, there's different ways to get there. There is one tool that I can give out really easily. If people go to uh, the www.fcc.gov slash smartphone hyphen security, once you go to that website, it asks you, are you using an Apple phone or are you using an Android phone, a Windows phone, a BlackBerry? You put in what type of phone you're using, and then it'll bring up a 10-point checklist on how to make sure your phone and using your operating system is secure. And it Can you give us that slide again? Yes. So it's www.fcc, for the Federal Trade Commission, mm-hmm. .gov mm-hmm. slash smartphone. Mm-hmm. hyphen security. Oh, okay. Okay. Great. Yeah. Um, and they will lead you to, on your specific operating system, to the settings of how to set up the password properly. So much good. to do, Vicki. We've got a lot to do to make ourselves safe here. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> a little overwhelming. Uh, so, Staten, on another topic, um, unless yeah. you have something else to share on that topic, but any advice you can give us on how to try and avoid or get rid of or somehow protect ourselves against robocalls? Yes. I just want to add one last thing um, yeah. for, the, for the phone security, okay? Yeah, yeah. When, when everyone goes to the FCC site and they follow these tools, They'll see one of the things on here is to set up your phone to go into an automatic erase data mode. And that can be really, really helpful. What that will do is in case you lose your phone or someone steals it and someone tries to log in five or 10 times, whatever option you set it at, it'll just start automatically erasing everything on that phone. 
so that it kind of is a block to those brute force attacks of someone trying to hit it with a thousand different passwords in a minute because after mm-hmm. five or ten passwords, it just starts erasing everything. Um, so all the information the un- you have on that phone, gone. Gone, which yeah. which should be okay for you, the user, the victim, because you should have everything saved and secured and backed up to the cloud so that everything okay. on that phone is virtually available to you when you go and unfortunately have to purchase your new phone. You can easily re- regain all of your contacts and your photos of your grandchildren and and all of that stuff just goes right back onto the phone in a snap because it should all be backed up to the cloud. Okay. Okay. Um, the other last thing I'll talk about this is just something I noticed in person last weekend when I went to a Walmart, why it's really important to have some security on your, your, your cell phone is that in Walmart now, they literally have a... Um, a kiosk, like a virtual kiosk, an automized kiosk. There's no person there. And what you do is you walk up to the kiosk, you scan the serial number on a phone that you have some way, and then you have to be able to log into it. And if you log into it, then you can just dump it down a chute and the ATM spits out $500,000 in cash. Wow. No questions asked. They're not taking pictures of anyone. They're not scanning IDs or anything. So that's how easy it is, besides all of the personal information and stealing your identity, that's how easy it would be for a crook or someone who swiped your purse or stole your phone out of your car. If it's unlocked, that's an instant, you know, $500 for them. They just walk into Walmart. So it's really important to have these phones locked. So you can get cash in Walmart up to $500? From from a machine, not even from like the people. It's from wow. It's like those those coin machines where you can dump your coins in and then they spit out money. Uh huh. It's it's the same type of machine. It's right next to the coin machine, except you dump in a cell phone, a stolen cell phone, and it spits out money, no questions asked. You just have to be able to log into it, and if there's no passcode on it, then there's no questions asked. Interesting. Yeah. So for more ways that more reasons than one, you know, make sure that the phones are locked. Um, and I can move on to the scams and the robo calls. The, the really the best tool right now for stopping unwanted solicitations and robo calls on your cell phones. Unfortunately, there's no um, silver bullet for the landlines at this point, but for cell phones, you can go into the app store of your Android or your Apple phone. And if you have AT&T, for instance, download the AT&T call protection app and it's free and it's safe and it drastically will reduce the amount of spam calls that you get. It pools the data from all, you know, 15 million AT&T subscribers and everyone that's gotten a scam call. And then it pings that number. And if that number tries to call any other AT&T users, it's blocked. Okay. Um, So you you go into the... Yeah, if you go into the app store, if you go into the app store and you search for AT&T, it's called AT&T Call Protection. Verizon, it's called Verizon Call Filter. For T-Mobile, it's called T-Mobile Scam Shield. And they're all free and they're safe. They are from the... uh, 
the phone companies themselves. They're not third party. They're from the companies themselves. And you have, you download those and set them up. There's a few steps to set them up once you download them. And it drastically reduces the number of fraudulent calls. The next option and the next step up from that would be to subscribe to a service like Nomo Robo or um, yeah, Nomo Robo is, is, is the one that I personally use uh, myself. It does cost, I believe it's a dollar and 99 cents a month. Um, and that is just another kind of level of security. And with the combination of using the AT&T call protection and the Nomo Robo, um, I don't, it's not a problem for me anymore on the cell phone. And because I don't have a landline, um, I don't have to be plagued by any scam calls anymore. It's just, it's, it's a thing of the past for me, fortunately. Oh, good for wow. you. Mm, yeah. That's great. That's great. That's really good advice, Dayton. I appreciate that. I think I'm going to have to get a private tutorial from Dayton because... Who <laughs> <laughs> well, can I come? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know it's a lot to learn for those of us who you know, didn't grow up with some of this technology and we're trying to yeah. play catch up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, listen, Dayton, I really appreciate you coming on the show today and um, telling us about all of these protections, especially now that we're getting close to the holiday season and we're going to be doing a lot of shopping online, especially yes. with all of us sheltering in place because of COVID. There's going to be even more online shopping and even more opportunities for the scammers to get to us. So this is very, very timely advice, Dayton, and I thank you so much for being our guest today. Yes, thank Absolutely. you so much. Thank you so much, Dayton. I really learned a lot. Absolutely. Okay, okay. bye-bye now. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.